day started off kind of rough. I hate these new fobs in cars. Do y'all have these? I like the old days when you stick a key in, you can turn it. A key is a key is a key. So I go out this morning, I have this fob, and Miss Annette had gone over to get our grandkids because Mary Wynn's singing. Didn't she do a great job? I thought she did great. Um, yay, Mary Wynn. Um, anyway, so I go out, and I'm, I'm, I'm here just in time to get to church. I have it all planned. And I go to get my car, and I, I step on the brake. I push the little button, and it says, key not detected. And I'm like, what do you mean not detected? First of all, it's not a key. It's, it's a fob, a $400 fob, by the way. And uh, I think the battery must be dying in it. But the battery in my car worked fine. The lights were on. I could turn them on. Everything but what I couldn't do is get to start. So here I am home alone. Miss Annette's far away. I can't run to church in 25 minutes. I can't ride a bike in 25 minutes. I, I'm stuck. I didn't know what would happen. All y'all would be here and there'd be nobody here. And so I began to get what? Really anxious. A little frustrated and mad. I don't know who I was mad at. The fob, the, the car, myself, my wife, because it's always her fault because I can't find something that doesn't work. It's not really... Anyway, friends, I got anxious. I got anxious. And uh, sometimes anxiety is funny. Sometimes. Sometimes. Like, do you remember when you were a kid and you get, somebody said, hey, let's go off the high dive. Do you remember those? Those tall, were you old enough to remember high dives? Or even if you're not, the regular dive was scary enough when you're like five. But going up on the high dive and you remember your mom or dad or some person you trust is in the pool going, oh, come on, come on. It's safe. I'm here for you. And that kid goes to the end of the board, and they're like, yeah, I hear your words. And in theory, I know that you're for me, and you would never let me drown, but I, I, I just can't, I, I, I can't do this. Like, I can't hold spiders. I can't hold snakes or lizards. They freak me out. It causes great anxiety. In a, a building, you ever been on a high 30th floor of a building, you walk by and you see it, and you go, <gasps> like that kind of anxiety? Maybe you think of Kramer, or maybe Kramer. Or maybe you think of Sam Drucker. I don't know who you know it may have anxiety that's relatively funny in a show. But, friends, it's not funny when it robs your life. And don't worry if you're a real Bible-believing Christian. You go, oh, boy, here he goes. Going to get into psychology. little psychobabble. little psychobabble. No. Friends, Jesus addresses anxiety. St. Paul addresses anxiety. Why? Why do you think it's in the Bible so many times? Well, let me share a couple of verses, then I'll ask the question why. We have today's passage. Therefore, Jesus says, I tell you, don't be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Do not be anxious about your life. There are other passages. I'm sure you would know them. Proverbs 12 says this, anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down. Anxiety in a man's heart or a woman's heart or a kid's heart weighs them down. Can any of you go, yeah, that, and that's not really funny, is it? That's not, that's not Mary Wynn chasing me with a granddaddy long leg. This is the kind of thing that just like seizes you, almost paralyzes you. And the thing about anxiety is we don't want to share that with others, that we have this gnawing away at us. But the Lord knows and that's why so many times in Scripture, Proverbs, anxiety weighs a man's heart down. How about 1 Peter? 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxieties upon the Lord, right? Rather than holding to them, 
I know, the Lord says, I know that you're anxious about many things. Now take these and cast them on the Lord. Why? Because he cares for you. Don't you love that the Lord knows that much about us? He knows that we have these anxieties, these things going on. Uh, Maybe one more. Well, two more. John 14, 27. Jesus says, my peace I leave with you. In other words, you don't have to beg the Lord for peace. Like he said, my peace I have left with you. By the Spirit of God, you have the shalom of God. And so he says to his followers, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. Believe in God. Believe also in me. I don't want my kids seized with worry. I don't want my kids fretting. I don't want my kids seized with anxiety. I have better for my kids than that. And so the Bible addresses it over and over again. Is this still on? Might have to get Pentecostal. The light's on. Hey, Brian, I'm trading him. No, buddy. Don't be anxious for anything. It's like that fob. Anyway, where, where were we? So there's a lot of scriptures about anxiety. This is not psychobabble. Do you hear me? Because we evangelicals, we get, we get all suspicious. Oh, you're into psychobabble. Friends, what I want to tell you is why does the Lord in so many places in scripture, why does he bring up anxiety? Why does he, why does he mention it? Is he just flapping his gums, flapping his lips? Why does the Lord, and why does Jesus, and why does St. Paul, why does Proverbs, why does Psalmist, why do they keep mentioning anxiety and worry? It's not that hard a question. Because we have it. And wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Who is Jesus talking to here when he says, don't be anxious about your life? Is he just talking to general people? No, he's talking to his followers, his disciples. And so, just worth the price of admission that you paid today? If you hear nothing else, just know, yes, you can be a Christian and have anxiety. You can. It doesn't mean you're a bad person or a bad Christian if you have anxiety. A lot of us do. You know, I never thought I had anxiety. I never did. If you'd asked me, I'd be like, man, I'm the coolest cat around. I'm the one who jumped off the fraternity window, out the window into the bushes, jumped off the, you know, the I called it altar in the first service. That's the wrong word. It's not altar. What do you call that thing? A mantle? Is that right? A mantle? Yeah, I mean, I was footloose and fancy free, surfer boy, whatever, whatever. But, you know, um, one day in a time of prayer, can you all hear? Okay. In a time of prayer, I was just reading the one-year Bible. It wasn't anything special about that day. I was just reading my Bible, just doing what we do, right? And the Lord actually spoke. And it wasn't audible. I mean, it wasn't like a voice that everybody would hear, but I heard it. And without condemnation at all, he says, quick. The Lord never says a lot of words. He says, quick. You know all those times that you thought you were the life of the party, Mr. Funny Guy and Mr. Wild Man, sowing your oats? Do you know what's underneath that? Uh, no, Lord, I don't. What's underneath that? He said, anxiety. Whoa, 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 you cut the wrong guy. No, 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 this is me. This is me, God. I don't have anxiety. He says, yeah, you do. You know, when you 
go in a crowd and you try to talk over to people, that's anxiety. Do you know when you go to parties and you drink too much, that's anxiety. Do you know when you sit at a meal and eat twice as much food as you should, that's anxiety. And he kept listing places. The most amazing thing is I didn't feel condemnation. I felt like he's speaking words of life and healing. He was pulling back so I could see. And what I want to say, friends, is the Lord knows Maybe not every one of us, but most of us suffer with anxiety, and so he addresses it. So can we go? Let's go right to verse 25. The Lord says this. He says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. And so God, if you're anxious this morning, friends, I want you to know that the Lord knows about it, and he is uh, unashamed to address it with you because he cares for you. He doesn't want you stuck in a vat or a big sinking hole of anxiety that where you're paralyzed You have the freedom to be a Christian and say, you know what, I do struggle with anxiety. It's okay to admit it because the scriptures admit it. He says, don't be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you'll drink, about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? I know this, most of you guys are not worried about food and clothing. You're not worried. You don't sit here and fret going, oh my gosh, am I going to have a Sunday lunch when I go home? You know you're going to have Sunday lunch. You're not worried about what you're going to put on. Unlike our friends in Rwanda, some of our rural friends literally have one pair of pants, one shirt, one pair of old shoes. Do you ever see Archbishop Raje, the retired Archbishop of Rwanda? When he comes here, he's been here many times, you'll notice he always has the same sweater on. I always thought, wow, he must be really fond of that burnt orange brownish sweater. And then I asked him about it. I said, you really like that sweater, don't you? He goes, yes, I do. It's the only one I have. And so here you have the leader of a million people, like a very famous man in Rwanda, and he has like three pairs of shoes. He has like four pairs of pants. He has one blazer and maybe one or two sweaters. That's it. That's his whole closet. This week I realized that I'm a hoarder. My wife and I decided to clean my closet out because we were embarrassed. Beth Ann and and Roger had to go to our house to get uh, my clergy wear for my mom's funeral they were going to drive it, have it uh, taken to Richmond. And they had to go in my closet and they filmed it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they went into the hoarder closet. And so Annette and I said, you know what, it's just time. We haven't addressed this closet in like 30 years. Friends, there are pants in there that barely fit me in high school. But I never throw them away. And we took this stuff out of the closet. You know what we found? I had 53 shirts. 53. Uh, shoes had 11. Don't lie in church, quick. you had more than 11. You had 11 cowboy boots. I mean, it was crazy. It looked like I was dressing for a battalion of of guys or something. It's like crazy. And what I realized is clothing's not my issue, but it was their concern. The Bible says Jesus had no place to lay his head. For them, it was an issue. For us, maybe that's not your issue. That's not what's causing anxiety. So don't um, don't check out because that's not your issue. What I want you to know is the Lord saw where they were anxious and he addressed not only the fact that they were anxious, but what was causing it. And so today, what I want to say is the Lord, if you have anxiety, you may not. But if you do, the Lord knows it. He sees it. He cares about it. And he wants to meet you where you are. Not speak words of condemnation, but words of hope and life. He says, come to me, all ye that travail and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Cast your cares and anxieties upon me, because I care for you. And so we see in verse 26, Jesus telling them not only that they're anxious, but why. Look in verse 26. Sorry, in verse 26. uh, 
he, he's going to use a regular example. And so he, after telling them not to be anxious and that he understands what they're anxious about, then he says, hey, 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 look at the birds. Jesus was an amazing teacher, right? I've had people leave the church. You're not deep enough. I'm like, have you listened to Jesus preach? He says, look at the birds. I mean, that's not deep theology, friends. Look at the birds. What about the birds? He says, they neither sow nor reap. They neither gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? You know, it's not a bad job being a bird. What's a bird's job? I always wonder about my dog. What's his job? But today we're worried about what's a bird's job? Make pretty noise. Eat worms. Fly around. Wouldn't be bad being a bird, would you say? Do I have to work? Just fly around. Wouldn't it be cool to fly over that big mountain over there? See all that? Be a bird? Get to eat worms for free? Don't have to work? Not bad being a bird. Only problem is sometimes when you're a bird, you fly through a window because you think it's an open space, and you kamikaze and break your neck and fall to the ground. We had that happen in our house last night. But basically what the Lord is saying is not that. What he's saying is, I want you to look at birds, a simple little bird. They don't have any tractors or any implements or any strategy. They just know the Lord's going to take care of their needs. They're not seized with fear. They joke about a bird brain. What I want to say is maybe we need faith of a bird. A bird trusts that the Lord will provide his needs. And he says, are you not of more value than they? You know what I'd say this morning is? Most of us don't believe that. We do not believe that we're of more value to the Lord than a bird. We really don't believe it. And that's why we act out and do all kinds of crazy stuff. And the Lord's trying to remind us, yes, you have anxiety, but I want you to think for a second. Look at the helpless little birds. They neither sow nor reap. They don't gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Can you see God's faithfulness even to a bird? A bird whose lifespan is this long. Birds have no Amazon, no Walmart, no strategic plan, no credit card, no government check. And yet God takes care of them. How about in verse 27? There's another point that Jesus wants to make. Don't drift on me. Another point he wants to make. Verse 27. What is it? What's the point? What's the next point Jesus brings to those who are suffering with anxiety? He's trying to point out that anxiety does not work. It's a strategy that never, ever works. Again, can Christians have anxiety? Yes. Can it be crippling? Yes. Do we need multidiscipline, medicine, counseling, prayer, the Holy Spirit? Yes. But what the Lord is pointing out to his followers is, you know what, guys? It just doesn't work. I've been fretting and worrying. My grandfather was a master of it. Fretted all the time. Wore me out watching him fret. My mother had some of it. I have it, right? This gets passed down generation upon generation. And yet what we want to say is it, it never works. It never changes anything. It never moves, never moves the, meet, uh, the meter. The, it never changes anything. I remember hearing a Young Life leader once, and, and she got into, uh, what do you call those people who speak publicly, a fancy inspirational kind of speaker people. She was doing that because she's a great speaker. And um, I went to her talk, and so we're all there, like, like we're here this morning. And she gets up. It's actually Lefty Drizel's daughter, famous basketball coach's daughter. She gets up, and in front of everybody, without saying anything, she walks straight into a wall. Boom. Boom. We're like, that's strange. And then she does it again. Bam. 
And then she does it again. Bam! Like six or seven times we watched this girl walk into a wall. And then she turns to us and says, if what you're doing is not working, do something else. Friends, why did I tell you that story? It's a funny story, watching the lady walk on the wall seven times. But the point is, anxiety does not work. We don't have to hide from the fact that we have it. We don't have to um, say that it's not crippling. But what we want to say is it never accomplishes anything good. It never works. So can we at least agree? Anxiety has never worked. It will never work. And so the Lord wants us to know. um, He wants to take our anxiety from us. But he wants us to know if you keep applying yourself to fretting and worry, it's just never going to change your situation. Never. Plan? Yes. Work? Yes. Pray? Yes. Confess? Yes. But worry and fretting, while normal and while natural, it never takes you where you want to go. Now, let's go down to verse 28. It says, why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? And so what the Lord is saying here is that we have a choice to put our faith and trust in him in the hardest situations. Can we believe that God is still good in the hardest situations? Can we say, God, I'm not denying what I'm going through. I'm not denying the stress or whatever. But what I know is you are still a good God and you're a good father. And he's using not the example of birds now. He's using the example of the lilies of the field. Can you see them? Have you been to Belgium or Brussels? Where is it where they have all those great tulips? The flower store. Yes, the flower store. Have you, been, have you seen, like, I think it's in Brussels, where they have all those tulips and the, the fields are just... Or do you remember our government before we ran out of money and we used to have people plant nice little flowers, pretty little flowers, pretty little flowers along the highway. Do you remember that? Now we just have grass that's six feet tall. But back then we had money to cut the grass and to put flowers in. And we saw them and they were beautiful. And what Jesus is saying is, learn from the birds. Now I want you to look at these flowers. These flowers are unable to do anything. Like they can't make the sunshine on them. They can't bring the rain. They can't give themselves nutrients. And yet what the Bible says is not even King Solomon, the Warren Buffett of his day, not even King Solomon in all his splendor was arrayed like one of these lilies of the field that is here today, is alive today, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven. And then he says to his disciples, his followers, to us, he says, are you not of more value than these lilies of the field? Oh, you of little faith. So part of anxiety is being honest enough to to confess. Honest enough to say, Lord, search me and try me. I don't want to wear a straight jacket of anxiety. I don't want to be bound up. I want to confess, Lord, I want you to search me and try me, see if there's any harmful way in me. And if I am anxious, that means, and there may be some chemical anxiety, so I'm not dismissing that. And those people need medicine, they need counseling. But for a lot of us, it's a matter of volition where we wake up in the morning And we have a choice to say, oh, good God, it's morning. Or we can, as we're waking up, Lord, this is your day. You're the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and I don't know what this day may hold, 
but I know you're the king and I want to be about your kingdom, Lord. I need your help if I'm going to put my focus on you and your kingdom. And so the Lord calls us not to be seized with anxiety. I remember a doctor, I went to a surgeon, and I was in terrible pain for so many years. And this man is not even a Christian. He said, quick, come in my office. He spent almost an hour with me, a world-class surgeon. He's not even a Christian. And he says, you know, I've watched people in pain for 40 years. And he says, I'm a really bad Christian, which means he wasn't. He wasn't a Christian. He said, but I can tell you what I've witnessed. When people have chronic pain, right, when they're seized and focused on that, they just tend to get more and more focused on themselves. And they go into this deep sinking hole. And he says, what I've seen work. And he's just talking practically. He's not talking scripture. He's just talking practically. He said, what I've seen work is when you get your eyes off yourself and you begin to serve other people. And he challenged me, a pastor, to start serving other people and get my eyes off myself. And so, friends, what I want to say is when the Bible says later, it says, don't be anxious. Jesus keeps saying it again and again. Don't be anxious. Don't be anxious. anxious. Well, Lord, that's great. You can say it a hundred times. It doesn't mean I'm not. You stick a snake in my hand. I don't care how many times Jesus says, don't be anxious. I'm going to be freaking out, y'all. Right? There's so many ways I just give in to this bondage to anxiety. And the Lord just says, don't be anxious, don't be anxious, don't be anxious. But, but the power to break through it is not you going, okay, of my own volition, I'll stop being anxious. No longer anxious, quick. No longer anxious, you. No. What the Lord says is this, verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. What the Lord is saying, friends, if you suffer with anxiety, this is a safe place. It's okay to admit that you're not perfect. It's okay to admit that you struggle, okay? A lot of us struggle with anxiety, and yet we still say, you know what? We're not looking at our anxiety. We're not letting it be our God. What we're we're doing is letting the Lord know, yes, Lord, I am anxious, but I know that you're a God who can bust up anxiety. You can meet me at the place where I am. And so the Lord's saying, Seek first the kingdom of God, and then all these things will be added to you. The punchline, friends, is this, that God knows all about what you need better than you do. And if you will seek first his kingdom, make it your priority. When you get up in the morning, when you you first wake up, say, God, this is your day. You are the king of this day. You are Lord of this day. Your kingdom is important. And so, God, I count it a privilege that you allow me to serve you and to get my eyes off myself and put them on Christ and the least of these, our brothers. Let me read you a prayer and pray healing in the name of Jesus. Almighty God, whose son took upon himself the afflictions of your people, regard your tender compassion for those suffering with anxiety and depression or mental illness. Father, bear their sorrows and their cares. Supply all their needs. Help us to put our whole trust in you and our confidence in you. And restore us to strength of mind and cheerfulness of spirit through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen and amen.